Hey, Auburn podcast listeners, you know Hooters is your place for game day, but did you know Hooters now offers online ordering? In fact, they've teamed up with SEC Country to give you $5 off any order of $25 or more. It's simple to do. Just visit Hooters.com slash to go to place your order for the upcoming game. Make sure you use promo code SEC fans. That's one word, SEC fans, to receive $5 off any order of $25 or more. Orders, they have to be placed online. That's SEC fans at Hooters.com slash to go to place your order for the upcoming game. This is the podcast on the plane, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast brought to you by SECCountry.com. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And in studio today, I am joined by Lauren Shute of SECCountry.com. Lauren, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm sad this is our last time spending time on this podcast I together. I know. It's very sad. I don't want to talk about it too much. I'll get emotional. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah. You still got to come on on my radio show, though. Yes, sir. You have to. Yes, I'm sir. making you. <laughs> I'm making you. All right. So last night, Auburn basketball lost a close one. To Texas A&M, 81 to 80, mm-hmm. dramatic finish, several reviews, and a couple of controversial calls, at least from a lot of Auburn fans on Twitter. There's a lot of unhappy Auburn fans right now, and some of that I, I think is valid, some of it maybe not, but just kind of your overall thoughts on the close one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was the end of the world. Um, I mean, it was a one-point loss. There were a couple of, you know, strange, I would say, calls at the end of the game that kind of played into it. Um, I thought that Auburn fought really hard without Bryce Brown, and that was kind of a tough blow they weren't expecting. Um, He, of course, I think left with about four minutes to go in the first half. Um, Strange shoulder. But, I mean, the, the main takeaway that I had from the night was it's a loss in early February. It's not a loss in early March. Yeah. Um. You know, Texas A&M had good size. They kind of maybe outmanned Auburn a little bit down low. And, you know, I mean, Auburn didn't play as tight as they have been. I would say they didn't execute as, as, you know, well as they have in recent games. But it wasn't awful. Um, It just wasn't great. Yeah, it it wasn't great. And and a lot of that, I believe, has to do with Bryce Brown just not playing in the second half. And I think some of that execution – was probably due to Mustafa Heron playing 20 minutes and then Bryce Brown not playing any and just other guys having to play more than they typically do. Like guys like Malik Dunbar. I think he had 25 minutes last night and that's definitely a a heavier workload than he's used to carrying. Same with Davion Mitchell. He's going to have to play more now with, you know, Auburn being down a guard. And he's a guy that has played at that two spot while they keep Jared Harper in. So, I think it has a lot to do with that. And some of those guys at times, a little bit of an offensive liability at times just because they don't consistently make shots like a guy like Bryce Brown does. Right. Well, and looking at the stat sheet from the game, too, I would say I would argue they don't they don't take shots. Um, yeah, you're right. It, you know, I think Malik Dunbar took six shots. Chumoki took two Um Davion Mitchell didn't take any. I mean, I think that was honestly the bigger problem. I think that's why this weekend's game at Georgia is not too, too much of a concern because those guys will have to go into it knowing that they have to be more aggressive on offense um, in, you know, if Bryce Brown is not able to go. But um, 
yeah, I mean, that was that would just be my kind of takeaway. I expect Mustafa Heron to take, you know, a minimum of 15, 16 shots a game. I think he's probably a guy that could should get away with taking 20 a mm-hmm. game at the minimum. That's what Bryce Brown, uh, not Bryce Brown, Bruce Pearl has been begging for. Right. He, he wants he wants Mustafa to be more aggressive shooting. And, and I've kind of told him or I've said on the podcast, like Mustafa Heron needs to be more selfish with the basketball. Right. I, but I think Chumo Kiki, you know, has shown flashes of being able to do that. I think Davion Mitchell, um, not really sure what's going on with his confidence, maybe. But I mean, all those guys, they, they've got to take shots to make shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Davion Mitchell, a guy that, you know, him not taking a whole bunch of shots. Personally, right now, I'm OK with that just because he hasn't been shooting well. And when there's guys like when he's at the two and Jared Harper's on the floor or, you know, Deshaun Murray kind of gets gets some points going, or, or of course Mustafa Heron. I just don't think there are many cases where he his shot is probably the best one on the floor. Yeah, I would say that I would agree with that. Um, and, and obviously, if he's at the point or at the two, like, you want your guards to be scoring threats from deep, and you want them to be able to be a threat for driving the lane. But just right now, the way he's playing, he's kind of in his own head. You think that's it? You think it's just yeah. a confidence thing? Yeah, I think he's in his own head. Bruce has talked about how much he's in the gym. Um, he's one of those gym rats that you kind of have to like say, hey, get, get out, go yeah, to bed. Go home. Um, so I think it's just kind of in his head. I think that's kind of common with um, freshmen. So, so is that something that he breaks out of this year, do you think? Or is it just, uh, honestly, we may have to just wait until the off season? No, I think he'll break out of it. Um, I think Jared Harper is kind of streaky. And Mustafa's going to score. I think if Bryce Brown's back, he's going to score. Um, I, I think he breaks out of it. I think he just has to, you know, maybe hear from teammates more, not even yeah. coaches. So. Yeah, and you were at you were at Bruce Pearl's press conference earlier today, and I unfortunately wasn't able to go. It was, it was during my, my radio show. But did you get the vibe that Bryce Brown probably would not play against Georgia? I know he's not practicing today, and they're going to run some tests and get more information on it, but... It just seems like to me, based on what I've heard from you and from other people that went, that Bryce Brown playing on Saturday is pretty unlikely. Yeah, my guess would be that he doesn't. Um, obviously, Bruce was tired from last night, I would say. Um, I just just indication, the fact that, um, yes, uh, that would be my answer in the short, is that, uh, that I don't think he would that be he doesn't play. Yeah. 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 Was, was Bruce in an okay mood? I mean, was he still frustrated from last night or is his outlook on it the same as yours? It's a loss in early February. I think he was frustrated. Um, He talked a little bit about just as the press conference was kind of finishing um, the final play that they had, you know, got an okay shot, got a look, but it wasn't quite executed like they had it. And I think that was kind of his problem and struggle throughout the game was everything was just a little bit off for whatever reason. So. so so with the final shot, do you, do you think that maybe Mustafa could have gotten another dribble in before shooting? Is, yeah, is that I think what they you were think trying to get him to get a better look, um, not necessarily that far out. Right. Well, he still he almost made it. It was right on the front rim. I thought for until it until it fell off the rim, I thought I thought it was going in. It it was right on the rim. I, I tweeted actually, I don't think he could hit that spot again if he tried. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. But I think just when you compare that last play to the last play in a similar looking game to when Auburn lost to Alabama mm-hmm. earlier in the year, of course, in Tuscaloosa. And Bryce Brown steps out of bounds and, you know, they don't even get a shot. It was better. <laughs> right. Because I, I, you actually put yourself in a situation where there was a chance for you to win. Right. 
And so, I mean, that's really the, those are really the only two times they've been in that situation this year. So it is better that they actually got a shot off, <laughs> which, yeah. which I mean, I know is ridiculous to say, but you look at how they responded to that situation earlier in the year, it wasn't good. Right. No, absolutely. And I would, I would say too, that's a, you know, an encouraging sign just because when you go through, you know, two minute, one minute, you know, last second drills and practice and things like that, you're going through it with your starting five. Like Bryce Brown has been in on that rotation. Um, get, you know, guys rotate in and out, but you're going over that type of play the most with your starters. Yeah. So I think the fact that they did kind of get a look and it was pretty clean. Um, I think that's encouraging. Sure. Sure. So biggest takeaway from last night's game was what? Just that it was a loss in early February. It wasn't March. Um, you know, I think if Auburn could have fixed just a couple of things, um, things might have been different. And I think that, you know, knowing that they'll be playing without Bryce Brown instead of just kind of having that sprung on them is, you know, it gives them a chance to have a different mindset, kind of a different approach um, and gives them some time to adjust and kind of prepare instead of adjusting in the middle of the game. Sure, sure. So. With Bryce Brown probably out, let's have this conversation about the game Saturday with, with the assumption that, that Bryce Brown is not going to play. Outside of the obvious, guys like Jared Harper and Mustafa Heron needing to score points, who else does his burden fall on? I would say definitely Deshaun Murray. Um, I'm a huge Deshaun Murray fan. I think yeah. that you know the way that he doesn't even have to score or rebound or really you know, do a lot stats wise down low, but just the way that he bangs kind of his presence, he's, he pesters, you know, opponents like no other. Um, I think he can attract a lot of attention from Jared Harper, from Mustafa Heron, um, even from other post players. Sure. And he can kind of open things up a little bit. I think also Malik Dunbar, I think this is a really good opportunity. He's been really, really eager. You know, he didn't, he didn't come to Auburn to come off the bench. Um, he's been really eager to kind of step in and contribute and it just gives him more opportunities before March. So I don't yeah. think it's necessarily a bad thing. Who do you think starts at the two? I would say Dunbar, just because Davion Mitchell, like I, you know, I think he's in his head. I don't think he's looking to shoot the ball. I think Malik Dunbar is and has shown he's not afraid to. You think they keep Mustafa Heron at the three? Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. I'd like to see Mustafa at the two, but it, it's working. It, I mean, it's kind of right. interchangeable to me. That's kind of how I think of it. Yeah, I mean, um, because it's not really a small forward. It's more just like a another guard. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So. Okay. All right. Let's transition to um, an article that came out this morning with the Wall Street Journal written by Rebecca Davis O'Brien. Headline reads, FBI agent in basketball corruption probe is accused of misconduct. And really, uh, I'm just going to read the first uh, two sentences because that's pretty much the bulk of the information that it gives. An undercover agent with the FBI who played a central role in the investigation of alleged corruption in men's college basketball has been accused of misappropriating government money on gambling, food and beverages during the probe. People familiar with the matter said this is very interesting. Very interesting. I think the headline sh probably should have been um, FBI investigation blows up. Yeah, really. Um, just because I don't know how anything is credible, if that's one of the main you know, agents involved in the investigation. Right. I mean, because this whole thing was already kind of sticky. I mean, most people get it, but I don't think they get the extent of it. Right. And then, you know, with, with the, the water already pretty muddy, I mean, this definitely makes it a lot more messy. Yeah. Right. And, and it's just kind of interesting to see, OK, well, the FBI with this specific investigation, I mean, one of the lead guys investigating it was doing, you know, illegal things like that's, that's unreal. It's not good. It's, it's not unreal. a good look. Yeah. And I actually heard about, you know, the article first from another reporter on the Auburn beat who I really respect. And he was saying, um, 
you know, I think this is why we haven't seen more schools kind of get popped and get in trouble and get violations and things like that. Um, and I, I agreed completely. Um, I thought it was a really, really great point that I think that's probably why you, you have kind of seen a lull in the news breaking about this type yeah. of thing, because at first it was like everybody was involved. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I agree with that point totally. Right. Because Chuck Person, who is the reason that Auburn was involved in this. Right. His court date is February 4th of 2019. So, I mean, pretty much a year away. And it was delayed two different times or pushed back two different times, according to an article I saw on AL.com. Mm-hmm. So, I think that is uh, maybe those things are related, like yeah. you said. Yeah, I would expect it to be. Yeah. So, very. do you think it affects anything? I, like I said, I just I don't know how anything is credible if one of the main agents is involved in things like that. I mean, I think it I don't know the legal you know, path or the legal like how someone would navigate this if you're a lawyer. But I would assume that Chuck Person's lawyers are very excited. Yeah. And then, you know, how does it affect the NCAA and the NCAA as far as Auburn goes? They've made a ruling on Austin Wiley. Now, with Daniel Purifoy, we learned recently that Auburn has sent in the paperwork for Dangel. Right. I'm expecting a similar ruling, if we're being honest, but we'll, we'll see. There's no way to know until that happens. You never know with the NCAA, but that would be uh, that would be an interesting development. But I don't think it's going to affect Auburn that much because it's not like they're going to like rehire Chuck Person if he's right. let off. Right. No, definitely. I think, um, you know, whether the investigation um, kind of holds or whether it kind of falls apart. Either way, it definitely brings a lot of light to things that were going on in college basketball. I think it definitely forces programs to kind of clean things up. But um, gosh, I just don't know how everything kind of stays the way it was. Yeah, it's very, very shady stuff going on. Very. And when the people trying to bust the shady stuff are also shady, mm. it just it doesn't help you. And it's just a big old mess. Mess. Lauren Shute of SEC Country joining me on the podcast on the Plains. All right, so obviously National Signing Day was yesterday. Let's uh, let's just kind of go through your thoughts. I gave my thoughts on the podcast yesterday, so this is more for you giving your thoughts, kind of the highs and lows of Auburn signing class yesterday. Yeah, I think um, the biggest, or I guess the you know low that stood out the most was them not getting another you know offensive lineman or two, which I know they would have liked to have gotten. Um, but with the coaching change happening, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's understandable. I don't think, I think it's actually not a bad thing at all just because Auburn can go out and get, you know, a fifth year or two, and they'd probably rather have that anyway. You think about Casey Dunn and the way that he came in last year, um, talking to Ben Wolk about this class, I think, you know, it's fair to say that they will be remembered for their athleticism and their speed Yeah, they're fast. and they're going to kind of you know, really impact the offense and kind of the way those guys play and special teams and what they can do. You're going to see a lot of young players contribute early because they have the ability to. It was so interesting at, at his press conference yesterday when he was talking about all these signees. Just he was like, yeah, so they're all from Alabama, Georgia and Florida. And then we got an Australian kid. <laughs> an Australian kid. And I did not go see him. Yeah. Did not make he, he joked about not making the in-home visit for that one. But right. Of course, talking about Aaron Sipos, the the punter, which I think is going to be a, a really good get for Auburn yeah. in the immediate future. But it was just very interesting, you know, hearing him talk about that recruitment, and how different it was. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, thought it was kind of funny, mm-hmm. and thought it was kind of funny how Gus talked about just his physicality and just I, I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was kind of humorous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a question of 
is he the most physical punter you've worked with? He's like, yeah, he's got a chance to be. Like, yeah. No, he, he probably will be, guys. He, is. he, he is. will be. I mean, he's massive. He's a big dude. But uh, just Malzahn talking about how he, he's like, yeah, I, I had to watch uh, Australian rules <laughs> football. football. And he said he watched two games of them, which I would have thought he'd watch a lot more, for being honest. But still. I would love to hear the sound bites of him watching. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> what? What's going on? But there's been a lot of uh, a lot of Auburn fans upset with the signing class falling outside of the top ten, and a lot of Auburn fans saying, "Well, they're, they're <laughs> the upset ones are calling it the forty nine million dollar signing class because oh of Gus Mal's, Gus Malzahn's contract, which I think is ridiculously unfair." Yeah. But I mean, just your thoughts on kind of you sending a message. To, Craft a message right now to the Auburn fans that are upset with a signing class. And I will ask Ben Walk this question tomorrow as well. Gosh, I just, I don't put that much stock in the rankings. Um, I think Auburn, you know, they have more four stars in this class. I think they ended up with 16 four stars. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. You know, that's not bad. Um, you know, they were a couple of players away from maybe being, you know, in the top 10. I, I just, I don't put that much stock in the rankings. And I think that they finished, um, you know, top 15, which is what programs who want to compete have to do. I think the four stars, Auburn is really good at developing, you know, three-star talent um, and guys that don't get a lot of love on the recruiting trail. So, sure. I, you know, it just kind of was what it was. I think they came out okay. Right. And. I mean, I just kind of looked at each signing as they came in, and most of them were already in well in before yesterday, and even before the early signing period, you had a pretty good idea of who Auburn was going to end up with. But it's just like when you look at each individual case, it's like, oh, he's a good player. Oh, okay, I can see how he could fit in. Right. Oh, he's a good player. Oh, he's really fast. Or, oh, he's really versatile. You know, or, hey, maybe you don't know, like, like a guy like Sean Shivers, it's like maybe you don't know exactly what he's going to do, but... He's worth having on on the roster just to, you know, kind of play around with him, see where he fits. Right. And it, I just think when you look at it by a player by player case in this signing class, I, I just think it's a really positive outlook from that point of view. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. And I think, you know, it was telling that Auburn didn't have any decommitments. Um, Second Gus, year in a Gus row. pointed that out. I think that's huge. Um, I think what this staff has been able to do the last couple of years and the way that they connect with and, um, you know, reach players and prospects that they, they truly want to go after, I think that's, you know, all, kind of all you can ask. So Right. And then uh, he, he made a comment on Jarrett Stidham, his non-throwing shoulder in which he had surgery on last month. He said that he's going to miss probably the first week at least of practice and give time for Malik Willis and Joey Gatewood to step in and, and earn some reps early on. Do you think that has any like lasting effect on the season? I don't. I don't. That was actually Same. kind of um, my first thought was, okay, that doesn't really matter at all. Right. So It's like, honestly, if he's not 100%, just let him chill. Yeah, I think, I think that was kind of expected. Um, I don't think it's a huge deal. It's not like Auburn's going to show anything on offense in the spring game anyway. Sure. Um, I mean, you're going to see Malik and Joey Gatewood probably a lot in that game. So, you know, just kind of, again, kind of is what it is. Yeah, I think it could be good for Malik. I don't think Joey Gatewood plays next year. No, I don't think so. Um, but I think Malik will a little bit at least. Yeah. So. Yeah, and maybe some more in a starting role as far as like Wildcat packages or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. Lauren, thank you for uh, all the time you spent with me um, on these podcasts. I've appreciated it. 
Tell everyone uh, kind of what you have going on with SEC Country over the next few days and, of course, where they can find all your stuff. Absolutely. Um, SECCountry.com. We've got National Signing Day stuff still going up. We've got basketball stuff. We've got softball stuff. Next week we'll have some baseball stuff. Yes. Getting to that fun time of year where kind of everything is happening at once. Right. Um, so definitely not a lack of content. Yes, definitely. All that at SECCountry.com backslash Auburn. And and once again, if you, uh, if you still want there to be or me to continue making an Auburn podcast, maybe not through SEC Country, but just in general, please continue to reach out to me. I've received many kind words. I, I appreciate that. Because I'm you sure. do a great job. I, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, just kind of continue to reach out to me. I'm trying to get a feel on, you know, if, if, if that's worth doing. So follow me on Twitter. Reach out to me on Twitter, at Z Blackerby. Thank you once again, Lauren, for thank, one last time. Thank and, you so much. And on the, the final edition of the podcast on the Plains, Benjamin Wolk will join me tomorrow, and we will uh, we will recap National Signing Day through his eyes, as well as preview the weekend tomorrow. So all that and more on the final edition of the podcast on the Plains. Have a good one, everybody. See you tomorrow. <laughs>